In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, change. How to handle change and managing conflict. Episode 2. I know that's a bit more refined than the last one, but hey, that's what you get with this podcast because it changes your life in a good way. We'll be right back. Another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q, it in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Jeannie, say what up, MFOs. Don't do it. Don't no. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Don't do it, please. Aww. I got cold feet. Chicken. I did see. I did see. No, you. You were gonna say no right there, but I just <laughs> it, that came out of my mouth, and I said, "Wait a minute, she <laughs> might do that." <laughs> so I had you to. You gave me a pass. I did, and I had to. I had to slow and then that you horse. It, you yeah. jerk. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> hold on a minute." Um, I don't know why it reminds me of that Domino's pizza commercial that I love so much, uh, where there was something you could buy pizza and it's just walk in and get a pizza, and the guy's like. There's no rules. And he starts ripping his shirt off. And they're like, no shirt. or Keep your shirt on. There's one rule. <laughs> so the change was that fast. Anyway, welcome to this episode, Man vs. Marriage Nation. We are excited to have you a part of this. Uh, as my lovely wife mentioned to me off air, I said, man, I think, uh, I think rather than the, uh, the people around the world needing this, we need this. And she said, yeah, dummy. Not, I'm paraphrasing. That's why I'm doing it. Because it's this time of year. And we don't always catch the right time of year when things happen, like that uh, stupid pandemic situation that came about. And uh, I was in the Kevin Hart work harder mode, and I made no adjustments. Or we just let life get away from us, and we don't take the time to really be thoughtful and to live intentional, which is one of my core values. Live on purpose for a purpose. So I screw this stuff up, and thank God I do, because it creates material <laughs> to help people like you. So with that, email me, Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. Quincy at MVSMPodcast.com. I think we have some neat stuff coming up, and I might do a bonus episode and throw it out there for those of you listening around the world. And I got to tell you, let me take five seconds. Let me just take five seconds. Um there are people listening to this little old podcast um, from so many places, and I am blessed. I'm blessed beyond belief, and I just want to take a minute to uh, say I thank you. And this is this is from the last. This is just in the last 28 days. The United States of America, South Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, Canada, India. Ireland, Australia, Germany. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for where you're listening. America, y'all in Oklahoma, you're leading the charge over the last 28 days. Look, I'm an Alabama fan, and every one of you Oklahoma people know this, but I want to tell you that I so appreciate you listening, and if I can help you, let me know. Wouldn't you know the next the next one in line is Texas? They're bitter rivals, but Oklahoma and Texas, y'all are neck and neck for downloads. California, Florida, New York, Maryland, Oregon, Utah, <coughs> Illinois, Nevada, 
Arizona, Georgia, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, um, <laughs> North Carolina, New Jersey, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Washington, Alabama, D.C. Oh, Lord, people in Washington, D.C. Yep, you all need help. Missouri, Arkansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Colorado, Kentucky, Ohio, South Carolina, New Mexico, Iowa, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Mississippi, and Tennessee. I want you to know, I see you guys. Every time there's a download, you need to know this. Every time there's a download, I pray for you. I don't even know who you are, but I pray for you because you are important to me. Every download, I just pray. Um, for those of you in, in South Africa, Western Cape, I don't know where you are. Cape Town, Western Cape, Johannesburg. I don't know how to say this word. Gauteng? Gauteng? And then Pretoria, Gauteng. I see you. The Q-Dog, that's right, I see you, and I appreciate you. Um, you forget Google's listening, too. I, I mean, Google, I, I'm pretty sure these <laughs> results come from Google. And then, um, and then I think... I don't I don't know if I mentioned the country. What country is this? Bear with him guys, he's on a tangent. Hold on. I don't know what country this is. It doesn't say. I see South Africa. Maybe it's India. Yeah, that's India. I'm so sorry India. I I didn't realize I didn't say it was. I wasn't smart enough. But uh Karnataka if you got to just hit, you got to fast forward on the on the deal. I just want to praise y'all for listening. So, national capital territory of something. I don't know what that is. <laughs> no, it's it cuts off, so I can't read it. <laughs> then there's Andhra Pradesh, Assam, Gujarat. You're just butchering some of these places, buddy. I'm doing my best. Maharashtar. No, Maharashtra. Maharashtra, there you go. Odisha, Raha, Rahashthan. I'm trying. I sound like my dad right now. Uh, Tamil Nadu, there you go. Those are some some places from India. If I you see them, you. We're really, really, really sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm yes, doing my we are. best. No. Um, and then uh, in South Australia and Victoria, Australia, I I'm telling you, I see you guys, and I appreciate you listening. Um, I don't know what Oseo County is. That must be a part of uh, Ireland or somewhere. Anyway, or maybe a part of Germany. Where are the people in Ireland listening? And how come, how come the folks in Ireland aren't talking to some of the people in Scotland? It's been a long time since I had anything from Scotland. Call. Hey, look, I watched Braveheart. You Irish help bail out the Scottish which I'm learning I have more Scottish roots here and there, you know, as time goes on, apparently, you know, according to the DNA. So, A, thank you, Irish, although my last name is Irish. Um, but that's how we expand the platform, is by you telling people about this podcast and when they come to us and say, hey, can you help me? And there, and we, we know already we have very special listeners in Utah. We have very special listeners um, in Trinidad, um, and then in some other parts of the country, you know, in, in America, like Minnesota, um, 
we, I, I just deeply appreciate you. Now, that's just in the last 28 days, all those countries and all these people. Um, we're blessed that you allow us the opportunity to speak into your life. But I see you, and I want you to know, you know, each day I'm checking in. I'm looking at the numbers for who's downloading, and there's one major purpose for that, and that's so I know who to say a prayer for and who to say, you know, whoever this listener is, Lord, please bless them. I'm a man of faith, and so I'm pouring that out to you. So thank you for allowing me six minutes to uh, to say I see you. Now let's go ahead and get into this episode. Boy, I really rambled on there for a while. Um, but hopefully if you didn't want it, you hit the fast forward 30 seconds at a time. All right, we're back. Here we go. This is about handling change, managing conflict, and this is going to be more topic-based. I think that the first episode we gave you is what we call like a journey episode. So it gives you the roundabout idea or the overview. And now Jeannie's going to talk some more about actual topics that are, you know, involving change for us and help you through that. Honey, it's all yours. Okay, so um, majority of the time we found our arguments are not really things that we should be arguing about. They usually happen because we're in a high stress situation. Um, anxiety is at play. Maybe there's something um, happened at work. Something's going on at home with the kids. And then we react to each other. So this is what we do to try to manage that a little bit is we go through what's coming and that kind of gives us an ability to say, okay, we know that there is this situation coming up or this change taking place or, you know, Quincy might say he knows that I'm under a lot of pressure because the kids' schedules are haywire and I'm not getting enough time you know, downtime because I'm on the move so much. And when he's away from home for work, that puts a lot of added stress for me. So we're learning to balance these things. It's the same for is me. It ad- is it added stress or just added responsibility? Just it, so I understand. Both, really. It just depends. <clears throat> it just depends on the situation. Okay. Because sometimes when you're gone, I have Hunter and Kirsten, and depending on how they're responding to the situation on top of my added responsibilities with people, it could be both. Um, Again, we have the added bonus of having autism on top of normal everyday things. So stresses here can change on a dime given how autism responds (laughs) to its own. I woke up in a really shitty mood and here you go. It's all yours. So yeah, that's true. I hold that caveat off to the side. Just just to throw that out there. So here's some things that Quincy and I have learned and we're going to kind of go through this because like I said, we're, this is our time of year to do these things. We, we have to actually make our scheduled time for him and I to go over the calendar and go through these things, but we're going to tell you how we do it. So first is if there's changes in the schedule, do you notice changes in yourself or your spouse? And by changes, I mean, work-related, home-related, school-related, an emergency, a health issue, any of these things can be considered a change in your schedule or your routine. How do you guys respond? Mm-hmm. Quincy, how do you respond when things change? It really depends. It, it's really topic-based, um, but I would say the majority of the time if things change, I just kind of adapt to what the moment is and I find a way to move forward with it. Okay, so how do you respond to change when it 
affects the family. What do you notice? What do you, what are some of the things that you look for that you notice so that you know how to respond or react instead of engaging in argument? What do I notice about myself or when there's change, what do I notice about my family? Yes. Okay. What I notice, what I notice about myself is if things are, if things change and it's, it's a big deal. Um, and really it's based on what is like most, what is most important to me. Um, if things change, I typically right now just roll with the punches and see, okay, what it is, what is it that I need to do to make sure that I just move forward or that I can handle the situation. And we're talking about, I mean, we're actually not talking about what kind of change it is. It's like, um, what if there's weather and I have to pull over and not drive through it, but there's an event I'm supposed to be at at home or I want to get home sooner. Okay. Um, I can either, my mindset is, well, you can piss and moan about it or you can figure out how to make the best of whatever the situation is. It's there. Now, what if I had an expectation that I was going to have steak tonight and it, I'm not at home, so I can't take it out. I didn't remind anybody to take my food out. <clears throat> and so there's going to be change. Um, and I'm going to have to have chicken or ground beef, or we're going to have to go spend more money at the store. Ooh, it's a, that's a hard one for me. That's a hard one for me, but I'm getting better at it. Uh, because before I didn't handle that well, cause I, cause I would be like, oh, well, why don't I matter? <laughs> How come I don't matter to everybody? Mm-hmm. Nobody's thinking of me and it's all me, me, me. And it's like, Hey, stupid. You do matter. People at our house have a lot going on and there are many variables and the world doesn't revolve around you. And if you didn't communicate it, we didn't know. Hey, look. Let me say this, since you're attacking me violently, uh, it's a part of the routine that the way that we do things around here is we buy enough meat, we take it out, it thaws out. So to me, it's expected because it's the process. With that being said, there are so many variables here that I should take the initiative to remind somebody, and I didn't. So then it's like, well, you're stupid, Quincy. Why didn't you do this? Anyway, what I've done is I've been able to find a way now to rationalize and say, okay, here's how it is. This is how I'm perceiving it. I reconcile it very quickly and say, it's not any of these things that are your insecurity. So why don't you stop being a baby? Like that is the where, where it's at. Your family loves you. They care about you. Things happen. So how do you move forward? That's how it is. You know, for me, I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but when I know there's a big change, and I'm like, ooh, that's going to be a big one, I look for, um, it's dumb because it's like, it's like business talk, but I look for leading indicators, like personalities, communication. That's the way I look at it. If it's really big and it's directed, you know, change for one person, you know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to give some physical touch. I'm going to hug, going to kiss, going to try to make people laugh. And then I'm going to kind of off to the side, say, Hey, how are you doing about this? That those are the things I look for when there is big imminent change. And the example we gave in the last episode is, um, you know, this is a really easy situation we're dealing with here. 
This looks like an overreaction that is really full of frustration. So let me just say, here's what we're going to do. And then I will come back on the other side and be like, hey, you seem X, Y, Z. That's that's what I do. Now, if that's not what you're looking for, try no, again. That's totally what I'm looking for. So what you just did is basically gave some of the tools that we use. They're learned tools. They're mm-hmm. learned. Um, one is you take an inventory. Now, when we have big change coming, let's say there's a change for Quincy's work schedule. Now, normally I would throw everything on myself and, and tell you to pay attention to what goes on with me because I stress out. There's more responsibility on my plate. I have to make changes at home. But sometimes when there's big change in his work schedule and he has to be away from home more, you will see changes. I will see changes in Quincy because Quincy does not like being away longer than needed. That's true. There's, a, is, there's a heavy guilt factor that comes in there. Yeah, there's, there's a heavy guilt with it and there is a... This is just where he wants to be. He wants to be with his people and his people want him here. And our littles in particularly and our son are grabbing at daddy time right now. So when that is in short supply, it's not necessarily that it's his fault, but there is a guilt that comes with it because he understands that there is a need for those kids that want his time and there is a need for him to fill that time. So I watch for certain behaviors because he starts getting kind of down. He starts getting kind of bummed out a little bit. We might not hear from him as much. But then when he does call, I'll notice, you know, because the, the kids kind of share the same thing. Like our youngest, she's going to kill me because she listens to this all the time. But our youngest, when you're not here, that that is her buddy. That's her workout buddy. That's her coffee buddy. That's her, you know. I'm going to talk about all of my life plans. Everything goes through dad. Dad is dad's buddy. And when she's, when he's not going to be here, she shifts gears completely. And it's almost like she becomes the quiet kid. She focuses on her, her puzzles and her study stuff and her, which there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a definite change in personality Mm. when dad's not home. And it's not a bad thing. It's how she adapts. And then, the day that you're supposed to come home, it's like, well, what time is dad coming home? He's supposed to be home at this time. Okay. And then she's usually the one that's like, do we have a steak? Do we have that? Like she's geared up for you to come home. The things to watch for when it comes to the kids, like our son, when dad's gone, we notice behaviors change. It, the first day he might be okay. The second day he starts getting a little bit antsy. He starts getting a little bit mouthy. By the third day, if dad's still not here, Hunter doesn't know what to do with himself. And he usually, he's pacing the house. Sometimes he has to sleep on the couch. Um, he it, it just depends on what's going on at the time, especially for having thunderstorms and things like that. And dad's not home. That's a big deal for him. Um, he, he doesn't do well with thunderstorms. He doesn't know how to verbalize it completely. But we have noticed, like, he'll sleep on the couch because he wants to be closer to where we are. He doesn't like to be up in his room. He doesn't like to be near windows where he can see lightning. Um, it, it's just security for him. And he's always asking when the thunder is happening, he's always asking, when's daddy coming home? When's daddy coming home? If I leave the room and there's a thunderstorm, he will follow me wherever I go. It's like he does not want to be by himself. So these are things that we look for. They're very generic examples But these are things that we look for. And the reason we look for them is because Hunter might be mouthing off at me and and being a total butthole. But 
the fact that I know dad's not home and that's a huge change for him and maybe there's a thunderstorm going on and that scares him and even though he can't verbalize it we know this to be true I don't react to his mouthing off at me I don't react to him being a butthole we redirect we respond we try to comfort it's not um rewarding him it's adapting to his response to the change and it's giving him what he needs in that moment it's the same thing with Quincy and I if there is a huge change it's being able to notice what's going on with the other one and adapting to what the other person needs in that argument that we had Quincy could have he could have totally zinged me for that and I'll give you kudos because I might not have been so nice I might have popped off if, if you had acted that way to me I can't guarantee that I wouldn't have given the mood I was in. Um, But recognizing the situation for what it is and being able to take a step back and do an inventory of the situation instead of just reacting immediately, you allowed yourself to respond and then gave me time to come back and say, okay, this is what's going on. I apologized, of course. This is not his fault. This is not his, anything he's done. And then I was able to figure out what I need. That's the big part about this. In order for you to manage the arguments and the conflict is taking inventory on what's going on around you. What's, what's the yeah. situation? What's been going on? You know, rather than the card that we normally play, which is what did I do? What did I say? Why is she mad at me? Why is he mad at me? Take that card out of the deck. Completely remove that card from the deck. I think that's really wise. Like It's like change the game. Instead of automatically assuming, what did I do? Automatically assume, is something going on? Like, how, how could I rephrase? Let's talk, let's try to work through it in the moment. What's something that's a bit more disarming which is like, because I know if, like, used to, if you would say, hey, are you okay? I'd be like, ah, how do you ask me if I'm okay? Blah. But it's like, take the, the first rule of thumb, take it away. I mean, there's probably a caveat if y'all have been punishing each other and doing things on purpose to hurt one another, etc. But try to take that out of the mix and go from the mode of, ooh, something's frustrating you. I wonder... If you are okay, I think that's very wise. I'm trying to I'm trying to kind of give a practical tool and a buzzword, but I don't have it yet. So continue, please. Um, usually for me, you just tell me, "Ooh, that's kind of sharp," and I I know immediately that I'm responding or I'm reacting to something rather than responding to something. Um, it it's kind of normal I think for us to say "Ooh, what did I do what did I say and you start replaying things in your head because it's what we know Quincy and I did this for the first 10 years of our marriage that's how we played this arguments game and that's how the arguments kept going because when you take immediately take the blame for something that you did not do look she may not be mad at you. She may be mad because she spilled something and broke a dish that meant something to her. And you just happened to come in at the moment. It's little stupid things that happen in our life that piss us off. And then because we don't ask the question or we don't think we have 
the right to ask the question, we automatically internalize, oh God, I must have done something. It's my fault. Y'all, world doesn't revolve around you. My whole day, as much as I love my husband, he is not my 24-7 thought process. I got other people in this house that I am dealing with. Well, even this, (laughs) even this, you are your own person. Yeah, I don't think like you. Imagine that. You actually have your own life going on. Not that it's like this separate separate double life, but you have your own thoughts, thoughts, wants, needs, desires, frustrations, etc. So for me to think... Like I used to, you know, that, you know, you you should always be thinking about me in some sense when it comes to food or whatever. It's like, wait a minute. That's an unreasonable expectation because your spouse is not. I mean, are you doing that for your spouse? Is every waking moment, does it revolve around every thought being your spouse? No, that's unreasonable. (laughs) So. Take that card out of the deck, or maybe not take it out of the deck, but maybe, you know, put it a few cards down. Start somewhere else. If you do have a buzzword, that, hey, man, that was pretty sharp. You know, that's because Jeannie and I give each other permission to check our attitudes. Um, But you go there, and it's like, okay. And and sometimes I lose the battle, and I, like, I, I get caught up in the emotion of, like, well, what the heck did I do, you freaking jerk? <laughs> and I go, wait a minute, why am I making this about me? I mean, if you guess a hundred times, you might be right, four or five or six or even 20. What if you're right 20, 20 out of a hundred? Still, you're wrong 80, 80 times. So rather than assuming you know what's going on, try to help the situation by asking a different question and look, Let's go back to the last episode when you said, I don't need the explanation. I just need the answer. How could I pivot on that so quickly? Because I've said that to people and it's like, well, that doesn't feel good. (laughs) That didn't make the situation better. So I'm not going to continue it. I'm going to say, okay, here's your answer. And I'll circle back. Because I can tell you're obviously frustrated about something. I want to I want to help to make it better. I don't want to make it worse. But you could also tell in the moment that wasn't the moment for you to help. That was just the moment for you to give me what was asked at the moment and walk away. This is years years of practice. Well, the fact is is that that action did help. Mhm. Because I said, "Okay, I'm not going to act out of my ego. Here's what you need." And now I'm going to leave you by yourself to think about the attitude you're using and if it's helping you because it wasn't. And that's why we talk about this all the time. The arguments, the frustrations, it's not the dishes. Mm-mm. The dishes are the symptom. It's not the root cause. And it's kind of the the journey you will take in this. Every And this is something that I encourage the listeners and some of y'all directly, it's like, look, if you're expecting that this is all going to be perfect, you're setting yourself up for failure. Just because we use these tools with each other, it doesn't always end up the way that we want it to. The goal is not a perfect marriage. It's not. That's not my goal. If it's yours, I'm sorry. It's You're not going to have that. <laughs> the goal to me is excellence because I believe excellence is achievable. It's the standard you set. 
but nothing is going to be perfect. You know, as a man of faith and as a Christian, it's like, hey, there was one thing that was perfect, and they killed it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So don't get caught up in the idea. And and I had to I had to coach myself at one point because it's like, dude, I got a podcast about this. How how is this not working? It's like Quincy, just because you have a podcast doesn't mean your marriage is perfect. Freaking get that. There's the human element here. Humans equal variables. It's not a machine. It's not concrete. So that's like Texas weather. Yes, true. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like Texas weather, but that's okay. If you don't like the weather, just wait 60 seconds. It'll change. That's right. Um, So, yeah, please continue. But I think there's a lot of value that you bring there by saying, even if you do for now take the card out of the deck, what did I, okay, what did I do? And that's a funny joke, I think. Well, here's the thing, though. If you take the card out of the deck and you simply ask, you seem a little stressed, how can I help? You're not asking what's wrong. You're not asking, are you okay? You're not, you're not putting those pointer questions out there that say, I can definitely tell something's wrong because it might not be here. Here's this wonderful secret about women. We're emotional creatures. And sometimes we just have this like internal thought that makes us upset. It may not even have anything to do with you. And we were in the kitchen the other day, Quincy and the girls were talking. Something they said made me miss my dad. Okay. My dad's still alive. He's in another state. But something was said at the table made me miss my dad. And I longed for when I was a kid and his music was playing in the garage. Yeah. Just because I knew my dad was there. If the music was on and the garage was open and you heard him whistling, dad was home. And I just turned on my music and started listening to it while I was in the kitchen working on some food. I sent my dad a text. When you miss your dad, music helps. And I sent him a screenshot of the playlist. It's all Motown. It wasn't anybody's fault. I wasn't mad about anything. I just had a minute where I just really missed my dad. Well, that's uh, to me, that's I don't know how much credit you're given that moment, and maybe I'm giving it too much credit, but there were some tough times with you growing up. But to go back and to be able to say, ooh, I love this time, and to take that memory and a good memory and take it in and just manuf- you know, process that through and enjoy it and let it take you back— that's fantastic. Well, and it also, given the stage of life that my dad is in, I think it was kind of helping me in preparing for what may be coming. And it's helping me hold those memories, but also allowing me to kind of get some of that emotion out because it wasn't the easiest household to live in. And it wasn't, you know, there, there's been a lot of contention in various things in my life. And being able to just grab back and go, God, I miss listening to my dad's music. I miss going in the garage and just sitting there and listening to the music and him whistling while he's working on stuff. <clears throat> it was just a normal Saturday for me. Yeah, and you know what? That also that also <laughs> checks me because I talked to him last time we were out there, you know, and he does a lot. <clears throat> he does a lot of work. He's a recovering alcoholic. He does a lot of work to help people, and he has for years. And I said, you know, I'm sure that there are plenty of people in our audience that know or may be battling some type of substance abuse. Mm-hmm. And I think your story 
would help. So I want to get you on the podcast. He's like, sure, let's do it. And I need to get, I need to make that happen sooner rather than later. It needs to happen soon. Well, the, the point of this is it wasn't anybody's fault. I wasn't mad at anybody. I was just emotional. So when my kids came in and my girls are real receptive and real responsive to me. And it's like, are you okay? Like the day I, you and I argued in the bedroom and, um, you know, I came out and the girls immediately was like, oh, you can tell mom's crying. You can tell I've been, I got three littles giving me hugs immediately. Are you okay? No, I'm not. All three girls, same question. How can I help? That's how you know this stuff works because they're picking up on what we're doing and they're doing the same thing rather than just coming in to save the day. How can I help? What can I do? Do you need anything? That's why we're trying to put this series together because if you start with a question rather than, oh God, what did I do? What's going on? I noticed you're a little, you know, upset or you look like you're upset. How can I help? Rather than looking to point a blame on what it is, it helps. It really, really helps. Quincy's really good at saying, where's your heart? How's your heart? Especially when we have big things coming. We use simple examples like school schedule changes. It seems simple to you, but I'm managing seven adult children in this house. You know, though, that's, that's the thing is that it seems simple or maybe it seems simple to you. But like Israel and I were talking just like a week ago. It's life. It's the beauty. Mm-hmm. It's the beauty of living this <laughs> gift called life. And we are experiencing it together. And whether it's the good times or the hard times or it's taking hard times and helping to mend them and move them into good times or it's calendars because your heart is to make sure that everyone is taken care of and they can they have everything they need that i i don't want to take that for granted because it's the beauty of life we are running out of this time when they were kids in christmas and our arguments about christmas and i still you know balk at the gifts and everything else the fact is is you have limited runway with your children you have limited runway with your kids. You have limited runway with your teenagers. You have limited runway with your young adults. And then, and then you know, God willing, the process starts again with grandchildren. And then if it's even a little more awesome, with great-grandchildren. Ooh, I Sorry. love that. I just love that coffee. Mm, that's life. I love that coffee. Anyway, <laughs> that is the beauty of of living this life. Look at the struggles a hundred years ago. Their struggles were different than ours. 50 years ago, they were different. But part of life is learning out how to adapt and work through these things. That That's just where I'm at. I'm, I may be, you know, like a, a Buddhist vibe or a hippie vibe. Yeah, man, it's life. Enjoy it. But I'm really... <coughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not appreciating that. I'm sorry. But I'm really appreciating the value of these experiences that make up life. Well, I'm looking at that this is what we do, okay? It's it's a school schedule, it's work schedules, it's sports, it's senior year. 
Here are the arguments we avoid by sitting down and going over these evaluations together and saying, okay, these are what the schedules look like. These are things that are coming up. Let's just use the, the sports and the school year as an example. Okay, finances are a huge contention for Quincy and I. We're still working through it. We're much better at it now than we were five years ago. Chicken wing! But we still have contention there. So sitting down in, in the middle of summer and saying, okay, these things are coming up. We'll use this example. Mo has cross country coming up. That means running shoes are needed. That means new shorts are needed. That means that we might be putting in for some of the fundraising event. That also means that we're going to have fuel because we're going to be going to these events. We're going to have drive time. We may need childcare if we're not taking Hunter and Kiki with us, depending on what days of the week it is. These are all financial things that we have to sit down and say, okay, this is what we need to set aside so that when the time comes and we're doing bills during the season, we're not arguing with each other over why did we spend $200 out of the savings account on XYZ. There, there is no contention there because we've already got it written down and put into the budget and put into the calendar. These things are coming. These are finances that we need to set aside. These are some of the things that maybe we needed to um, sacrifice for a couple of months or maybe we just decided we're going to take from this pile this time. <clears throat> and sometimes it's as simple as, you know what? If she wants to do these extra things, like, for example, the ROTC camp that she went to. She wants to go to the ROTC camp. She's going to need to earn the money to go to the ROTC camp. We'll pay the, you know, a portion of the supplies, but she needs to earn the money to pay for the camp herself. These are all conversations that take place prior to these events even happening so that when they do happen, we're not arguing over money. We're not arguing over, well, we, you said we were supposed to be here or I thought we were supposed to be. No, these are all on the calendar. These are all discussed. They're there. Now, I'm going to use an example that we have from a Jack and Jill. And he's going to, he knows who he is. Um, if something happens the day before an event, let's say a child gets sick and the next day you're supposed to have a family something or other and I need you to take the day off to help with the child being sick. But in doing that, you're not going to be able to be there on time for the family event. These things are, happen, but if they are not discussed openly and with complete understanding of the other's expectation, if I expect you to take a day off and you say you can take a day off, take the day off. But if I expect you to take the day off, but I don't really need you to if it's absolutely not possible and you can't get out of work, I'll handle it. But if we don't discuss those things, then you might take the day off and then be late for the thing the next day and I'm going to be pissed because you're not here and you're not where you're supposed to be. It could have been avoided had we had a conversation prior to the situation mm -hmm. that's why Quincy and I have these calendar talks that's why we sit down and we do check-ins all the time that's why when we know something's coming up we say okay senior year is coming and we don't have a senior we have two seniors so 
now when you talk about pictures and prom dresses and sunrises and sunsets and all these different things they do for seniors, which I'm appreciative of, <coughs> Quincy and I are not just looking at the cost for one. It's the cost for two. And you don't want to short one kid and give to the other. So there has to be a balance here. But if we don't plan, it's July. If we plan in July and senior pictures are due in October, now we have this conversation at the beginning of summertime and say, okay, we have this much time to get this project done and this is the cost. What is our budget? What do we agree upon? What pictures do we absolutely need for the grandparents? I know these are little minute detail things and you're all probably thinking this is like ridiculously simple. But these are the things we fight about. <clears throat> these are the things that honestly create the arguments because you get a $250 hit to your credit card and you don't remember that you had this conversation and you go off the rails. When you can, then all of a sudden when you come back and your wife says, no, no, no. Remember we talked about this. It's on the calendar. We circled it right here. This is what we're doing. We put it in the budget. You just caused an argument. And now you've got to go back and say, oh, wow, okay, yeah, you know what, what you're right, I overreacted. It's not because I'm trying to put the blame on somebody or I'm, I'm trying to point a finger at you to say, oh, you blew up for no reason. I'm hoping to help you not blow up for any reason if it's not necessary. Um, some of the things that Quincy and I do, we have buzzwords. Speed bump is one you all know. Um, you're being sharp is another one. Um, I'm trying to think of what we use for you when you're, um, when you're having a moment or you're being too sharp with the kids and I can't think of what it is because it's been a while since we've had to use it, but we have buzzwords set in place or we have, um, there are actually physical touches that Quincy will give me that you might think are just everyday things, but like we were in an uncomfortable dinner and um the conversation was getting a little bit heated not because we were upset but it was just the topic of conversation and Quincy would reach down under the table and like squeeze my thigh to kind of I took it as whoa pull back because you can't really say that in front of people you can't always use your buzzword when you're in public sometimes you can but you know these people probably listen to us once in a while too so they would know it was a buzzword which probably would have called attention to it but there are subtle things that you we've just learned about each other. You know, being able to put my hand on his shoulder and give him a little squeeze when he's getting heated in something and it's a conversation that maybe needs to back down without saying anything. I can just give a subtle hint physically. These are learned behaviors, but these are things that you guys need to start really focusing on. What works? What helps? What can you do? What do you notice? Quincy noticed that if he comes in and he gives me a hug, first thing when he comes home from work, I calm down. I instantly let go of all of my stress because Quincy's home. It's just a release for me to go, okay, I'm not by myself anymore. Not that everything is so difficult to handle, but if your wife is an at-home mom, if you're an at-home dad, be real. There are things going on and you're holding it all until the other person comes home and then suddenly you feel like, okay, I can finally let my shoulders get lower than my ears. Mm -hmm. um, when we have major events going on, big things, we have check-ins with the family. We have check-ins with each other. 
these are things that you need to, I don't want to say you need. These are things I would suggest making a regular thing. You need to do that. I hate telling people you need to because I don't want to tell you what your needs are. You have to figure that out for yourself. Yeah, I think I think more that's a slight projection on your part because you don't like people telling you what you need to do. No, I don't like people telling me what to do. You also don't like people telling you what you need to do. <laughs> so, you know, just release that. And if we say, look, from here on out forever and retroactively for the rest of the podcast, if we, because I've made this disclaimer too, if we say you need to do something, it's a suggestion. Well, anyway, if there's a big event that happens, big life-changing things are coming, if you have the opportunity to have these discussions prior to the change... I mean, we talked about moving out of state and we talked to the kids almost every single week for a year. We knew a year in advance that this was something that we were hardcore considering and that there were some things that we were looking into. And instead of just hitting the kids with it three months before we moved, we started talking to them ahead of time and saying, okay, this is something you need to be aware of. This is something that we're considering. It's not definite, but it's in the works. It's what we're looking at. What are your thoughts? Um, same thing with your spouse. If you're not a lot of people that I know personally have done this, but I do know one or two where they've just decided they're going to change their job and they didn't warn their spouse that, mm. Hey, I'm going to change my job. Those kind of things you don't do without talking to your spouse. Um, my father was notorious for taking our cars, going on a fishing trip, camping, something. And he would come back with a different vehicle. I can tell you from experience as a child looking outside, looking in, don't do that. Mama was not happy with the new car that got brought home because that was her baby that he just gave away. Mm -hmm. So it, I know these are like, should be obvious common sense things, but people really don't think that they need, there are so many people that I have found that we know that she lives her life, he lives his life, and they live in the same house. How do you do that and call it a marriage when there's no real connectivity there? If I live my life and you live your life, it is our life together. I don't want to do things without you. I have my own things I do by myself, but my life as a whole surrounds around my husband and my children and everybody else, everything else comes second. I don't, I don't know how that, I, I don't understand how other people play at being roommates and having separate lives. If you wanted to fix that, this is one of those areas that I would, strongly consider working on is talking about your schedule your routine the things that you're doing involving each other in what's going on you're scribbling a whole lot over there but you're not really saying a whole lot um are you wanting me to say stuff because i've interjected i don't know you're just kind of off on your own i feel like i'm doing everything on this side and i feel like i'm kind of you feel like we're living separate lives on this podcast? <laughs> no, I just don't want it to be me telling everybody what to do is all. I, I'm trying to think of some of the things that we do 
otherwise. Um, uh, get closer to the microphone. And then what are you worried about? You're, I mean, we've, I'm making notes about what you're talking about. Well, that's what I want you to tell me. What are you making notes about over there, buddy? You're, you're scribbling away, but you're not, you're not in interjecting as much as I thought you would. Hey, I'm, I told you from the beginning, I'm going to let you run this because, and I'll interject where it's necessary. You're making great points. The, the notes that I've, you know, have made it take inventory. It's very, very, very wise. Um, take what did I do out of the deck or at least rearrange the deck, create buzzwords for sharp, um, attitudes, which I think is very valuable. Then there were some things you said that caused me to think about some other, um, some other shows we could do. Then another one of the things you talked about, you know, you were talking about my strength and your strength. And I thought, well, why don't we use this more with money? Cause we fight, we fight about money. We're fighting a little bit less about money, but sometimes chicken wings can make, you know, somebody fight about money. You should have um, asked the question, but you didn't. You thought I spent extra money and I didn't. Well, I was, I was frustrated about another side of that. We've never talked about it, but I was frustrated about another side of that outside of the money. Um, but we could talk about that later. But as far as the way... You know, everybody's in their car going, ooh. <laughs> well... This is our life, guys. <laughs> this is, this is, this is where the episodes come from. <laughs> and look, when you're... I think it's weird because you can argue about petty things when you have a surface relationship. And it's because you're just dealing on the surface. Or later in your relationship, you can argue about petty things because the big things are out of the way. And I'm not saying it's a it's a healthy one way or another, but it can just, it, I, I don't know. I still, obviously when it comes to money, I still hold some kind of resentment and frustration towards my wife. And I'm trying to figure out where that is and work through it. Simplest, something as simple as a chicken wing can can bring you there. So we're working through it. And I don't want to have any resentment inside of myself about my wife. Um, but when you said something like that about Quincy's really good at this or I'm really good at this, I look at the way we have leadership in our home. We're going way over on this one, but we'll just we'll follow this trail where it goes. Um, in our home, because we have, there are guys that ask, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be the leader of my home. I'm supposed to be the leader of my home. I, my wife doesn't respect me as the leader of my home, et cetera, et cetera. It's more than one guy. It's multiple guys, and I hear this discussion all the time. And look, I'm a man of faith, so biblically, I do see um, Scripture that supports that the man would be the head of the house. And what does that look like? It, it Maybe that's a trigger for you, and you just stop listening, and you're off because you're cussing me out. I'm okay with that. Um, but there, there's a lot of value in a creature that's created on an emotional level and a creature that's created on a logical level. And those two places, they complement one another. That's not to say that men are logical and women are illogical. It's not. It doesn't work that way. We can all be illogical. But as far as it goes, Jeannie and I have talked about this, and we've kind of talked through it because there she has her own frustrations with church, and so do I. But with that, you know, if there is danger coming into the home, who do the kids run to? Dad. If there is nurture that's needed in the home, who do the kids run to? Mom. Mom. That doesn't mean that if I'm not here, they're going to run to Oklahoma when I'm working. No. 
I mean, you both you have to operate in both sides. But true leadership in your home, you don't have to walk around saying, I'm the leader. The Bible says I'm the leader. I'm the leader. You're supposed to listen to me. You're supposed to respect me. That is not necessary because a true leader, people follow a true leader naturally because mm-hmm. it, it aspires them to want to follow that. So as a leader, I don't need to micromanage and control everything in my home. It's not necessary. It's a waste of time. It's not my strength. Um, so I look at it and I go, all right, Jeannie and I work on, we have an understanding unless I'm wrong about the head of house or leader, the leader of our home. But we operate on deference just because I'm the leader of this house doesn't mean I need to control everything that goes along with the house. It's almost like a CEO and a COO in a company, a CEO for lack of better terminology, um, hires people that are strong and depends on them to operate in their strength to help the company succeed. Mm -hmm. Jeannie is responsible. She wanted to be an at-home mother. I champion that. I love it and appreciate it. It's invaluable for our family. So she takes people to work, takes people to school, takes people to Timbuktu and everywhere. (laughs) And so... I have no desire or I place no authority over her schedule in my life because it's hers to manage and I don't want to run it. I don't want the responsibility for it. I have the responsibility of working outside of the home. So I have a schedule I have to manage. So if you call and ask me if we're going to do something, I say, well, even my family would do this. I would say, check with Jeannie. You know, maybe the perception is, is that you control my time and you control what we do. And that's a misperception. We have a large family with many things going on. And so if you want to know if we're available, we live by a calendar. And it's likely that I'm driving, so I can't look at that calendar. Mm -hmm. And there's a backup calendar at home. So if you want to know if we can do something, try to float it through Jeannie. Yeah, but I'm talking to you. I don't manage her calendar. I don't want to. So we defer to our strengths in order to make our home life successful. Because if you leave it up to me to plan Christmas, it's going to be a great Christmas. They're not going to be real happy. It's, gonna it's be, not going to have all the traditions and everything. It'll it's, be great for me yeah. because it'll be very low key. It's going to be more about celebrating family and time. There's going to be a few gifts. The, the traditions like now, the, the me now, tradition wise, as far as food and, and the, the traditions you've created, I carry that on. I probably draw back the present situation a little bit. I'm always happy to see them open the presents. But anyway, Family traditions is not my strength because we only had a few, Mm -hmm. you know, and depending on where I was, we had one tradition in Alabama and it was to go to my aunt Linda's or my granny's house that I remember. We had a tradition in California to meet at my grandmother's house or if it was too many, my aunt uncle's house. Jeannie's family has all these other traditions 
We do baking. We do art projects. We we did all kinds of stuff. But I, I built that into our household because we homeschooled and we had a bunch of kids. And I don't know if y'all have ever done this, but when your kids are home for Christmas break, you find ways to occupy their time and you do things. I did things that gave them memories. And then each year they plan early on. Hey mama, can we do this? Like last year we did this, but can we just like, like we'll do say a gingerbread house. Okay. Instead of doing a gingerbread house this year, we want to do a train and everybody does their own car. They seem, when I talk about them, they seem like such small things, but if you were to sit down with our kids and ask them what our Christmas traditions are, they all have a very specific one that matters to them. That's like this huge deal. Anissa and I starting in November, all of our puzzles are Christmas from that point on until January 1st. They are all Christmas. We don't do any other puzzles except Christmas. When she's home for three weeks from school, we do like a puzzle every day or every two days. That's how, but that's our time together. That's what she and I love to do together. So part of this managing your, your change, it's handling your change and managing your arguments. Part of that is knowing what each other's strengths are and being able to say, okay, these things are coming and this is Quincy's strength. So I'm going to ask you to take on this responsibility and take it off my plate completely. Um, we'll use the example of planning um, a barbecue. We're going out. Let's, we'll, we'll use 4th of July as an example. Okay. It's summertime. So I will plan the list of things that need to happen or need to be made or gathered or whatever. And then Quincy will come home and say, okay, the food is my area. So I will select girls to help me with whatever food. Quincy will take Hunter and the other girls and say, okay, the, the stuff that needs to be put together, packed, cleaned, whatever, that's his list of things to do. These sound like really basic things, but you guys taking that stress off of me and saying, let me take this responsibility while you take that responsibility is huge. And it prevents me stressing out him stressing out, people arguing over where's this, who's got that, why isn't that done? All of those arguments, okay, I won't say all, most of those arguments don't happen anymore because we have a strategic way of doing things. We've learned each other's strengths when it comes to the kids and certain situations coming up. There are certain topics that I am not good at because I get very, very passionate shall we say, in my conversations. Whereas Quincy can come in with more of a logical, level-headed, um, analytical type conversation to give them the pros and cons without actually giving them the pros and cons. He'll ask the questions. Me, I'm a hothead in some situations and I will come in and it's just like, nah, you're not doing that without giving them the option to make the decision for themselves. So we have learned to balance what does he need to take the lead on? What do I need to take the lead on? It's not a matter of you being the head of the household and you being in control and being the one to say, this is what the girls can and can't do, or this is what will or will won't be done. This is two people coming together and saying, okay, this is a really delicate situation. This is where you, you flourish. They're talking about um, you know, military and colleges and jobs and all of these big goals. Quincy is the goal guy. Quincy is the make your goals, 
Make your baby steps. This is how we get there. I am not the goal guy. I am so not the goal guy. I can make the goal. I cannot help you get there the same way Quincy can. I have a very different rabbit trailish type of way of getting to things. I process differently. So the girls that are similarly minded to Quincy are the ones that I say, this is a you thing. They need somebody to come alongside them and help them with this. I'm not that person. I will be the cheerleader on the side, no problem. But the person that actually walks it out with them needs to be dad on this one. We're okay with that. We understand our roles in that. Now, when they're dealing with boyfriends and how they feel and, you know, boys doing this and and saying these things and those things, I have experience there. Quincy doesn't have experience with what guys said to him, but he was a guy growing up. Still I'm, a guy. I'm still, still a guy. guy. I'm still a guy. I know. I know. So I have to clarify that in this time, huh? No, <laughs> you don't. There's no clarification needed. I'm I'm a guy. I will always be a guy. I can only ever be a guy. Please proceed. <laughs> but it's one of those things where they'll come to me with some of those things and I can give them my experiences and how I felt and what I did and what it meant to me and why. Sometimes I'm harsh about it because it's pretty simple to just say, this one's not worth your time, so wash him. Just just wash it off and keep going. But there are times where I will say, go ask your dad what he was like when he was that age. And he'll tell them he was like these other guys. But there's just, for us, it's balancing and managing things like, in some situations... Um, when we went to a, a marriage conference, I know we're way over on this. Um, Tony and Alyssa were talking and Tony's dad had passed away and he had said one of the things that he had to do was come out and tell his wife he was going to need more sex while they were processing and, you know, handling his dad's funeral and the clearing of the house and all these things. And, um, you know, some people, we heard it in the room. There was like this audible, <gasps> like, oh my gosh, she asked for more sex. Like, this is supposed to be a foreign thing or something. Quincy and I were looking at each other like, yeah, okay. (laughs) More sex. I'm not going to argue. But it was the fact that what he was saying is he needed more connection with his wife. He needed that time. And it wasn't just about the physical release. He needed that, that actual connection of making love and, and being with that person, the one person and being completely vulnerable with that one person and had he not given those expectations or had he not spoken out those needs, he could have struggled more with what was going on because he didn't feel balance with himself. Quincy and I always say, you know, if if things are good with me and him, then everything else just kind of falls into place. Work can be crap. Home can be crap. We can have issues with the kids, but if me and Quincy are on the same page and our connection is good, we're solid. When we're not solid, when we're not good, arguments happen, expectations are not met, needs go foregone, you know, kids become chaos because we become chaos. So in doing what we're doing now, if you're going through changes, if you have big, big things coming, if you have a baby on the way, or maybe you have a new one, or maybe you have a couple of little ones you need to find your balance. Where are your strengths? Where are her strengths? What can you do to offset each other so that 
one or the other isn't taking on everything or doesn't feel like they're taking on everything. Mm -hmm. How do you manage the responsibilities? As dumb as it sounds, who takes out the trash? Yes, we both, Quincy and I both take out the trash, but there is a given in this house that the men take out the trash unless they're not available. It's a given. It's always been that way. That's the way it was at your house. Exactly. So that's the way you do what you see. I don't think it's limited to men taking the trash out, but... It's not, but it's just something simple that we taught our son. This is your responsibility. You're yeah. the boy. You carry the stuff outside. You carry yeah. the heavy stuff. I don't disagree. So, I'm not saying our girls don't do it, because our girls do. But it's just a, a understanding of our roles, understanding of our strengths, understanding of our weakness. I know when I can't handle something, when we're going into a situation... And I know it's going to be difficult for me, like in this last thing that we had an argument about. And I came to him and said, I'm going to need you to help me with this. I know this is a limit for me. I know that this is, this is something that I have to work through. I need you to call me out. I gave him permission to call me out and say, pull me aside. Use a buzzword. Do something because I do not want to hurt anybody or spoil this for anybody because I'm not paying attention internally. Mm -hmm. we all go through those things. We get in, in positions where it's overwhelming. Stuff is hard to process. It's hard to get past. When Quincy went through his surgery, his headspace was all over the map. I was the grounding point. I accepted the responsibility of being the grounding point of being able to tell him, no, that's, that's not accurate, babe. You're doing fine. This is you're you're putting higher expectations on yourself than what's needed. <clears throat> You're putting these things on yourself that no one else is. We give each other that permission. That's what we're asking you to do is get, come together, find your strengths, find your weaknesses, figure out what responsibilities each one of you wants to take on. If there's a change coming, if there's schedule changes coming, if there's a job change coming, if there's a financial change coming, talk it out ahead of time and start making the adjustments little by little so that when you get to that place, it's not so overwhelming that it creates... Over, what's the word I'm looking for? It creates an unneeded stress on the marriage that you don't you don't need. Mm -hmm. You you could have gotten past it if you just would have talked about it. Well, there's I mean it's clear there are times that negotiation and talking things out is necessary, and there are times where decisive, concrete direction is needed. And if you try to use one all the time or the other, then it's going to create issues in mm -hmm. your relationship. And so there are times where Jeannie's like, I just, I don't know what to do. And so I do my best to lead us forward. And there are times where I'm like, in this situation, I'm not sure what to do. And so I ask for advice or we discuss it. And then I make the best decision possible. And it's really that simple. It's not, to me, it's less about, like, I take, I take my responsibility. We'll wrap this up here pretty quick. I take my responsibility as a, as a husband and as a father very seriously because I think there's a good, healthy role that a dad can play when it comes to teaching, challenging, training, mentoring, and helping to create family values, what the structure of that looks like. And then... As the kids grow, 
you know, mom is there to, to kind of soften the blow because I can be too rigid. Now, I'm sure maybe that's different in your relationship. Maybe your wife is the rigid one and you soften the blow. Well, good. Know what your strengths and weaknesses are. It's just finding the balance. But it's, it's, a, it's really truly about being intentional when change is coming, understanding if your spouse has limitations, not trying to fix it, but trying to say, how can I help? What do you need? If there is some kind of irritation or attitude or frustration going on and you take, you know, you rearrange the deck and, and don't act like, you know, or don't take it as if what the heck did I do? Maybe it's you. Um, but really more of a mentality of, okay, how can I help you through this? What do you need? And at first you might get answers like, I need you to bleepity bleep bleep bleep. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, Quincy said this was going to work and it's not working. It's okay because you it, it there is a feeling out process. And some sometimes your spouse may not know exactly why she feels this way. And all she knows to do is to erupt. It's I and I, I'm this. I'm like, okay, let all the air out of the balloon. And once all the air's out of the balloon, how can we talk about it now? And how do you feel now? And how can we move forward? And how can I help you? And that is that's a very useful tool. Sometimes I let my ego get in the way. And because she said something to me and I feel disrespected, I might act out of my ego and I might say something back and cause the situation to get worse. But when I don't do that, when I don't act out of my ego or my ego's not under threat or maybe she does disrespect me, but it's because the moment she's in, when I give her what it is she's looking for, and allow her to come to terms with where her attitude is, that's all she has control over. Definitely her attitude, her effort, and her actions. She'll come to terms with it. And eventually she'll come around just like I do and say, well, that was a really crappy thing to do. And you didn't deserve that. And so, hey, that's on me. My intention was not this, but clearly I missed it. And I'm very sorry. And it's one of those things i got to cut it off after this. It's one of those things that you just come to terms with. Will, is my spouse, is, is her motivation or is his motivation to hurt me? Is that where it is? Is her intention to hurt me? Would she hurt me on purpose? I came to terms with that. Jeannie did too. And it really helped us from the basis from which we operate towards one another. So that is that. That is this episode. 70 minutes plus of power-packed information from the Morans. And Man vs. Marriage, the podcast.